Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump Podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter, and my name is Ashton. Good morning. Good morning. Are you nice and warm? I'm about to yawn, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, mm. Peter. Good yawning. It's not warm, is it? No, it's, it's not. In fact, incredibly coming. cold. I thought he's about to ask me how I am or say good morning, and yep. the first thing I'm going to do is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. I'm good too. You sure? Yep. <laughs> How are you, we're then? being positive. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're all being positive. It is cold and none of us have slept very well because it was your lack of sleep due to it also being cold? Because mine was slightly No, I have a, the thickest chilling. duvet in the world. Yeah? When I, the issue is not going to sleep. It's waking up in the morning and knowing I have to remove myself mm. from under this yeah. Yeah. cocoon yeah, of warm. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I, I didn't sleep badly, actually. Oh, good. Did oh. a big yawn. Uh, just then, don't know why. I don't actually feel too tired in myself. Don't appropriate my culture yeah. by pretending to be tired. It was tired. a sympathy yawn. But mm. yesterday I, I was feeling really grumpy. And grumpy. <laughs> Peter mm-hmm. sent a message yesterday being like, do I'm really film? grumpy today. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> really have to don't want to record. We're scheduled to do. We and then Ashton replied and said, Oh my God, I'm grumpy too. So I'm grumpy too. Yay. Yay. <laughs> too grumpy. And I'm still grumpy. So. You know, taking one for the team, yeah, carrying on the ground. Let's see if we can keep it going mm-hmm. all the way through the rest of the week, shall we? Uh, welcome to our video game podcast. Uh, it's not an athletics podcast, and we're all in high spirits, uh, full of uh, vigor. Beans. Beans. Vim. And beans. Vim. Vim. Yes, full of vim and ready to go. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor that helps us keep the lights on in here, which actually <laughs> is not true at all. Do you want to see what happens when we turn... The studio lights off now. So we have sure. two standing, well, one standing and one's hanging from the ceiling that face us. Um, and then, of course, we always have the lights. The switch overhead on, lights. The main overhead lights. And that's one off, one, yeah. one studio light. Uh, if you're listening on audio, there that's we are. it. Spooky. That's it. I think, we, I think we should do the whole podcast like this because this is, this is really cozy, that's actually, actually. Yeah, yeah that would be good. It feels very nice in here. Yeah, it feels like... It's very soothing. It's like the lights are going to flick up and we're going to start room. delivering the evening news. Yeah. yeah. Hello and welcome, everyone. Look at the logo as well. Yeah, yes. it looks Silhouettes great. Silhouettes look great. You on. can tell who each of us is. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. You're really missing out if you're it listening. It feels like we're on a crude crime... Uh, a crude crime. A true, a true crime show. And we're it like, 
hiding our identity. Look how good the lights look on the on the mixer oh, as wow. well. They're so vibrant. We should do this all the time. This is not. Well, this should be our nap room. Now, yeah. Oh my uh, god. Before I get that. up and turn the lights back on, the the point that we're trying to make here is that the lights literally are not on. All anymore. the bulbs have blown. The bulb. The last bulb blew this morning when I turned it on. <laughs> So uh, please do please do keep sending in adverts for us because yeah. we actually have to Bring buy some bulbs yeah. and keep the lights on here. So does that mean yeah, oh cover your, cover your eyes. does that mean we've been lying in the previous podcast where we've say where we've been saying yeah, it helps keep the lights on because it, keeps, it hasn't done. It keeps one of the well, it's kept these one ones. Keeps those on, one yeah. of them, yeah. Anyway, should I tell you what this week's sponsor is? Because yeah, I've got it. it. Um, you know those those cats that are like real fluffy. You yeah. know, and they're like, they're kind sort of Bond of, villain ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And normally they're like a bit posh, and they're quite expensive, probably if you okay. want like a purebred one. So most most people won't actually get the cat themselves. They'll just if they really like them, they'll get like a picture of it. Right. Well, there's a website um, that's having a sale, and they wanted us to let everyone know they're having a fifty percent off sale. Um, if you're the kind of person who wants pictures of those cats, it's um, Prince of Persian Cats. The cost down. <laughs> The cost. Yeah, down. it's fifty percent off on right. Prince of Persian Cats. They're keeping um, the cost. And they're cost keeping the down. cost down. Uh, yeah, brilliant. So if you want Prince, I missed the Prince, Prince as yeah. well. I thought it was Prince. Oh, Prince. very good. It's yeah. very Prince yeah. of Persian. So many cats. cats. The cost down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So many layers to yeah, this yeah, very yeah. real thing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's not real though. Oh I'm man, afraid. I didn't get a chance to ask any questions. No. Well, mm. I just thought you were so you were just so baffled by how well I did with that that I just think you didn't have any. Were you a bit offended? No. So no, I I, I wasn't offended. Wow, I just she's thought, actually done a good job. I thought I'd quit while I was ahead. Right, you know, I right. thought before we dig any deeper and I stumble over something let's just quit now while everyone's mm. really happy with me and yeah. then it can't go down from there it's not Prince of Persian Cats the cost down it's of course Prince of Persia the Lost Crown mm. which is right just week. in okay. case you didn't yeah, yeah just no. in case you didn't know that it's very good thank uh, you but unfortunately not real no, oh, no. Uh, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump that is our actual sponsor if you go there support us at the appropriate tea get access to tons of stuff including early access to weirdest and worst games exclusive access to main menu and rules boss asking questions on this podcast and even more whoa at whoa. different tiers go check it out patreon.com forward slash team triple jump triple jump is our website that's where you can find links to our youtube our twitch our discord our if you want a cameo from us you can get it there triplejumpshop.com to get some fantastic merch no the merch is still not ready yes we have finalized our design no we don't know if it prints well yet mm. we will find out soon hopefully it's it'll happen we yeah. promise did we say that everything is ready except one shirt which we got a sample through of and didn't like didn't so print we sent properly, it back yeah. so yeah so, so we're working we're on, on it hopefully the last little... shirt design you can get plenty of other amazing stuff there. Yeah. You can get this track jacket. You can Whoa, get, he's double you can get this hoodie. You you could even get this. You can't get this shirt. Wow. You can get a shirt like you it. You can though. get this jumper. That's yeah. very you similar. Can, you can get that shirt. That I almost wore the new jumper that's coming out at some point <gasps> soon today. And I thought, if I wear that, I'm going to have to take it off for the podcast and it's yeah. going to be freezing. It's, so I made a conscious yeah. effort to go back into the house and change jumper. <laughs> it's very sensible. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well thought ahead. Thank you. Uh, and once again, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. There's a video, a big video coming out on the channel. A great video. One of the best videos coming out on the channel on Sunday. Isn't that right? One of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Worst games ever and extreme racing. Yeah. Is it really a really good one? I think it's a great one. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I reckon. Kieran did a great job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a good one. Just hyping up our content, guys. Yeah, no. Let's get into it. Yeah, Come yeah. on. I, it's exciting, but like, and I am excited too. It's it just gonna sounded be great. like you were leading up to like a huge yeah. rank list. Right. Yeah, that's something. what I thought. And then it's I not thought, a rank list. Oh, Sorry man. to disappoint everyone. It's just worse. Maybe games. this worst game <laughs> is like the best one you've done in ages. It but is then a I really thought, good one. I enjoyed I thought, it a lot. I've not really mentioned it very much. So nah. Maybe they're keeping it on the DL waiting for us to react to it in our own time, but... Oh, well, I'm excited now. Yeah, you'll love it. You'll yeah. have a great huge time. In, in quality, it's not huge in length. Yeah. It's the usual length. It's big good. Yeah, it is big good. Yeah. And uh, it is not going to get us demonetized for the first time in a while, it That'll feels like. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. We've been running into all sorts of issues on that front. Mm -hmm. uh, so check that out on Sunday. If you're a patron of the appropriate tier, you will have already seen it because it came out on Friday. Mm. Uh, I'd also like to give another plug to the true story of E.T.'s Desert Burial that did end up releasing last week. Go give it a watch it's a great video too mm. lots of big good in there as well yeah. should we get to question one let's it's come from rock reese who says hi bap i started bg3 this year and can you even believe it i love it i was surprised how similar it was uh sorry i i was surprised how i got it right okay yeah. i was just thrown off by the spelling of similar i was surprised how similar it was it how it presents and plays to dun how similar it was and how it presents and plays to Dragon it's Age. It's what it should say, but yeah. doesn't. It doesn't say that, no. To Dragon Age. Mm. As Dragon Age is one of my favorite games ever. Sorry, yes. Rock Reese, for butchering this. This has created a worry for me of the next Dragon Age being directly compared to uh, BG3. Then, of course, Bioware will be blamed, and they've been seemingly on the chopping block for a while. Mm. Anyway, my question to you is, are there any games you love that are completely overshadowed by similar games that, unfortunately, just executes most every, uh, mostly everything better. I got there in the end. You did it. I, I really did. struggled there. Just maybe I am tired and I don't realize. <laughs> maybe you that. are. I think I am. Yeah. Um, thank you, Rock Crease. Well, I brought a uh, an answer along to, you know, the, the actual, uh, an example of a game like that. But also, do you, how, what do you guys think about that? I think hopefully, I mean, I'm not a particular Dragon Age fan, but hopefully for the sake of Dragon Age fans, um, because it's already a, a long-standing franchise and series, it it has itself to be compared to, and you, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily going to be. I can I can see that you know st standards are raised all the time, and new games come out, uh, and and sequels to series that have existed for a while, such as uh, Bowler's Gate, come out, and that raises the bar, and everyone does have to react to that. And you know, people have been saying um, for the for the next Elder Scrolls game. For many years now, people have been saying, oh, well, since The Witcher came out, mm -hmm. uh, Elder Scrolls needs to be careful what it does. We'll see how that goes down uh, if and when that game eventually comes out. Mm -hmm. But hopefully for Dragon Age fans, it's not just going to cost, you know, the the entire series and, and cause Bioware getting into big trouble if it's not quite as good or if it's at least different to the way that Baldur's Gate did things because... It has its own precedence. Yeah. I think also, like, it's not coming out immediately afterwards. Yeah. Where there's, like, a bit of a gap. I mean, I don't know when the next Dragon Age is actually... I don't know if it's got a release date yet. Oh, They're working on it. Sure. It's like it's like the next Mass Effect. Yeah. They, they've shown us some concept art yeah. and yeah. people working really hard on it. I think I'm thinking of Dragon's Dogma, which is, mm, is coming, coming out soon. Out yeah. um, but I think that, you know, it's got a bit of time. I think that things will be compared to things like Baldur's Gate 3 purely on a level of this is what is considered peak. What have they taken from it? What have they learned from what they did well? Have they adapted to the way things have changed? I think that's 
more of the conversation that should be had rather than this game's not as good as that game was or this game's just not as it's not done it as well that's like not as useful as well they've taken this and they've done it well um and they've done something different i think we don't want games to just be doing the same mm. thing over and over again but it is always like you say about the next the next level what's coming out next what's what's going to change and i think that that happens a lot with a lot of genres that have changed over the last few years for we sure. were warned weren't we by a few slightly butthurt developers um that oh, about don't Elden expect Ring. don't expect this all the time yeah all right this game might be good but like there's a reason we've not done it in our games mm -hmm. and they were they were a little bit cross that like yeah. a game had done well and Elden people Ring were liking it. It was, I think, it was Ubisoft developers specifically yeah. after Ubisoft, Elden yeah. Ring. Like, well, how, how you don't like us giving you a no, map? With, uh, hasn't it happened with Baldur's Gate as well? Probably. Oh, it probably has, yeah. but it was, yeah, it, was it definitely, definitely happened with yeah. Elden Ring. Mm. Like, well, we give you a map with ten thousand things on it, and you don't like that, and they don't give you a map at all, and you yeah. love it, and it's like, well, you know, it's they're very different games. Mm. Why would you? Why would you just? Mm. Why would you take pot shots? Why would you put your well? hat in the ring when no one was talking about you? Yeah, yeah. you're just making yourself look bad for no reason. Just be like happy. You can just it's all with right your, for your colleagues. I would love for the new Dragon Age and the new Mass Effect to be good. Mass Effect obviously is not what we're talking about here, but I have such little faith in Bioware now, and mm. so few of the original people that made Bioware so special back in the day are still there uh, that I I don't th I think comparisons to Baldur's Gate 3 are probably the least of Dragon Age yeah. fans' concerns. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see what state this game ends up being in. Fingers crossed it's fantastic. And as you guys have said, hopefully it will only be compared to other Dragon Age games because it will be a Dragon Age game. Yeah. And, you know, some people will say, oh, it's got it does this thing like Baldur's Gate did. And that, you know, that's also good. That's not a... I don't think that will necessarily be a bad thing. But there have certainly been games in the past that maybe aren't, they haven't set the world on fire, for example, and it could be mm -hmm. because they sit firmly in the same genre or attempt a similar trope or gameplay mechanic to another game. And uh, they are massively overshadowed. Do you have one, Peter? Diddy Kong Racing, oh. I think, which is still, you know, it definitely has its audience and a lot of people look back on it and say, hey, that game was good. But it's never uh, even sort of in top, top three kart racers. People talk about Mario Kart. They might talk about uh, Crash Team Racing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would come in as a as a third in terms of name some kart racers and possibly people would say Diddy Kong Racing. Sackboy Ultimate Race. I yeah. can't remember what it's called. Sackboy Karting, probably. Indeed. But certainly compared most directly to Mario Kart, given it's the same platform as well, um, I think that Diddy Kong Racing is great. It's got a, a whole bunch of nice characters that you can enjoy. And actually, you know, it has unique characters, which went on to do their own things. Banjo was in introduced in Diddy Kong Racing. Tipped Up, who is a regular Banjo character, I believe, Banjo-Kazooie character. Uh, Conker made his debut, I think, in Diddy Kong Racing before mm -hmm. he had his own series. So, yeah, they went on to do their own things eventually. But at the time, it was a, a whole host of, I think in total, when you unlock the secret ones, there's like 12 characters. And other than obviously Diddy Kong himself, who'd been in Donkey Kong, it was just a whole a whole bunch of new people. Whereas Mario Kart, <laughs> oh, they have to bring along all these, you know, turtles and stuff. The ones that you have seen already in games. And, uh, hey, did he Six flavor of did Yoshi slash Yoshi. Yeah, exactly. And the princesses and the boys with the mustaches. Um, <laughs> you only need one boy with a mustache. Yeah. yeah I don't know why you need on. more than one of those. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it very much stands on its own merits. It's fun to play. It's very colorful. It's got that rare rareware like nice very punchy saturated world and uh it deserves more love yeah. 
I have one that is quite recent-ish and I feel like it's it's the one that people talk about quite a lot in terms of like, oh man, sad for that series. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn being mm. immediately overshadowed by Breath <laughs> of the Wild and then Horizon yeah. Forbidden West being immediately overshadowed by Elden Ring. I think Breath of the Wild is more similar to Horizon Zero Dawn than obviously Elden Ring is to Horizon. But um, I don't necessarily think everything that Breath of the Wild did was better than Horizon Zero Dawn. I just think that it had an already established fan base and it changed the game for Zelda. And I think that as much as, and I'm not going to slag it off because it's a brilliant game, Breath of the Wilds. Everyone who plays it seems to love it, except me. I didn't. And Peter. And Peter. And me. And Ben. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I think it was always makes me so sad when I think about Horizon Zero Dawn because I think those games are such brilliant games and they just cannot like escape the whole every time you release something someone else releases something bigger and it's a shame for them but i yeah i know that breath of the world was great and they both had very similar kind of not stories but you know the world's in a post-apocalypse you're in a big green area there's mm. bad m machine monsters you use a bow and arrow um very similar kind of vibes but it always makes me sad when I think about Horizon Zero Dawn because it deserved its flowers and it simply never received them. Next Horizon game needs to allow you to build wacky contraptions. Yeah, you can build your own mechanical monsters. Yeah. I do wonder if there's something to be said for them just pushing the release date by like a month. Yeah. In both those. Because like, Alan Wake did it with Spider-Man and that paid off big time. Yeah. yeah. I, I do know. think that. But I also think because they're a Sony first party... I think that they kind of have, they almost have a schedule, Sony do, in terms of like one big release early on in the year, mm. normally February, March time, one big release later on in the year, normally October, November time. They did it Horizons uh, Forbidden West, God of War. Then they did, I can't remember what was early last year, but then it was Spider-Man Spider towards the end yeah. of the year. This year you've got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth launching February, and then we'll probably get something. And Helldivers. Yeah, woo Who's excited for Helldivers? So excited. Uh, and then something towards the end of the year. So I do think maybe they should have pushed it, but I also think maybe Sony were like, it will go out in February. Yeah, there's and almost a like sense it. of, of like, uh, we're Sony. Yeah. It's our big new first party game. Yeah. Nothing can get in its way. First quarter, they have to get something big out. Mm. Middle of the year, they get a indie and like a double A, like your Chia, your Kena. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, they do another triple A. What went out early, earlier last year from yeah. Sony? Was it Final Fantasy 16? 16 would have been, was yeah. I can't remember. Wasn't it? On console, yeah. I can't remember when that came out last year, actually. It was definitely summer-ish, maybe summer -ish I think it was time, early. Sure. I think it was April. It may well have been. I honestly can't remember. No. It feels like a lifetime ago now. Yeah. Do you have one? I do indeed. I'm going to talk about Singularity which was a first-person shooter from Raven Software, oh, yeah. who are on eternal Call of Duty work mm -hmm. now. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed that game. Unfortunately, though, it came out in 2010 amid like a slew of other first-person shooters. It had a severely underwhelming tacked-on multiplayer mode, but the story and the actual gameplay was great. As a studio that went on to develop Call of Duty titles, it played amazingly. And you have a little device that lets you basically rewind or fast forward time on certain objects. Mm -hmm. So 
you come across, for example, a dilapidated staircase and you could rewind it to what it was like when it was pristine. Because yes, yeah. I think that it flips between two time periods in like the modern day at the time and uh, 1955. So you're going around these various Soviet bases and you've got this little time manipulation device. I think you can like rewind some enemies or like fast forward so they just become skeletons and things. It was great. Like it was it was honestly really good. Unfortunately though, uh, because of its themes and the way its narrative was structured, it was compared almost incessantly to Bioshock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everyone was just like, it's like it's like Bioshock, and then it's like Call of Duty. It's just a shooter, but actually, it was really good, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I think I played it when it came out, and then a few years later, I tried to get the platinum trophy in it, and it had multiplayer trophies. And so the servers were amazingly still up at that mm. point, and I would have to leave my console on for hours at a time, basically hosting a lobby just to see if we could get enough players in to start a game mm. so that I could then get a certain amount of kills as like a weird blob monster, mm -hmm. some weird science experiment thing. And uh, that took forever. But Singularity's great. And uh, yeah, no one, I felt like it was massively overlooked just because of what its clear mm. inspirations. So I think people will still reference other games when talking about games like there's like a clockwork one coming out very very soon i can't remember it's got the word clockwork in the title but i can't remember oh, what it's yeah. called Soldier um, or toy no or it's no? like a it's like a like city a game yeah. yeah okay and 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 like immediately when we saw the trailer i think separately we all went oh it looks a bit bioshocky i think oh, right, humans okay. are inherently going to compare things to things you Absolutely. know and recognize and sometimes it's unfavorably like that foam stars that's coming out yeah that they were like please stop comparing it to splatoon it's nothing like splatoon and everyone's mm. like it's exactly like splatoon so what do you want me to do with this information but it's yeah. going to be compared favorably or unfavorably depending on how well the game does and that's just going to happen because we are inherently programmed to be like i recognize this hope it'll be like the thing i like from mm. before mm -hmm. um and these games a lot of these games look a certain way or have yeah. certain things in it because they're inspired by yeah. what came yeah. It's totally okay to compare these things. Um, but yeah, often they will they will be buried uh, because it will just be, or they'll be dismissed as a clone or mm. something similar. And that's yeah. not necessarily true. Mm. And these games do have merits sometimes. They do. Well, I hope it's all right with you guys. Um, but I thought maybe we could just do like a new segment. Really? Yeah. Oh, you could have uh, run this past us. Yeah, sorry. I did put it on the running order, but I realized I didn't um, explain it. Um, I thought we could call it What We Play In. Right. Okay. It's What We Play In time. Time to talk about the games what we have been playing. Peter Austin, mm -hmm. what have you been playing? I have been, as they say, all over this week. Whoa. Um, I got PlayStation Plus for... A month. Whoa. Tentatively. Just the basic one. Essential. Uh, uh, no. Oh. The what I forget what they're extra, all called. Extra premium. Ex extra. Premium. Extra is the middle one. The Read one the where I can access I think all of the games. No, is that That's premium? Premium's the top tier with the PlayStation with the classics and yeah. stuff. Then. Yeah. Is that is that what I you went for the that. big boy one? Yeah. You must have that. <laughs> I don't I forget know. what they're called. I just put my credit card I'm information lost. in and yeah. they let me play Spyro. Well, so. the way, because of the way I did it was uh, I I wanted to play uh, Tekken 6 and 7 mm. with Tekken 8 coming out because mm -hmm. there's some. I pride myself on being quite a, a Tekken fan up to Tekken 5. And I know about all the characters and their, like, the way they interact with each other and stuff. Um, but then from 6 and 7, I only played them both a little bit. And I was like, who are these people? 
what? And I realized Tekken 6 is available as a classic game or something. And so the way I did it was I just went onto the store and it said, oh, it'll cost you however much, or you can get it via plus, click here. And I clicked and just gave them the money. The system works. So whatever tier it is, I'm, it's that one. Okay, uh, the so Tekken tier. The Tekken tier, indeed. <laughs> but I played a lot more. I played I played all sorts of stuff because I started like looking through the library. Nice. So I played Tekken 6, which unfortunately is actually the PSP version. I don't know why they didn't oh. put the PS4 version on there. So while they have up scaled and upraised the models it is premium premium okay yeah. and all you know the actual the graphics of, of when you're fighting look good all of the hud and menus and ui and stuff is all really pixelated <laughs> it's all just like stretched up from probably like 480p mm -hmm. it feels like so that was a bit annoying and also it took ages to load each each level in so the, there's no like increase in performance or anything it's just right it's just you know the same as always so i played that for a bit uh and then i moved on to second seven thinking oh well, that had a good story to it um that one i just uh i, I went on the the store and uh you could only stream it as a ps3 one it, yeah well i i guess it must be yeah um so they need to sort that out mm -hmm. yeah so i found that even now, I was like, okay, it's been a while since I've streamed a game. Uh, and back when I first, I played Bioshock or something and I, I really struggled with it. This was back on, well, it was years and years ago. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stream a, a PlayStation game. I bet it's a lot better now. It was still a little bit laggy at times. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought for a fighting game that, you know, yeah. I already find quite difficult to begin with sometimes. I thought I'm not doing this. So I played a bit of both games um, and then I, I went off looking through the the library. So I've played Toy Story 2. I've been 100%ing every level that I've come across. <laughs> uh, so I'm like four levels in, but it's taken a while because I'm mm -hmm. like collectathoning my way around. I've downloaded the Phantom Menace, which has just been added. Yeah. Um, Does so it have trophies, uh, Toy Story? I don't, oh, uh, I've not been popping any trophies. Oh, so okay. Because they added them to some, but not all. Yeah. I don't really know why. I haven't noticed any coming up. Although maybe it's just because I've disabled notifications. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think so. Um, yeah, Phantom Menace as well, I'm, I'm going to play. And then also, not on Plus, uh, last night I played through the Prince of Persia demo as well. So mm. I was debating whether or not to get it. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, mm. The only thing that I'm less keen on is the fact that it is a bit, well, it's very Metroidvania. Um, so I think there's a lot of backtracking and sprawling levels and like you can go up and down and left and right. And, you know, it's not just a run to the right kind of side scroller um you have to do a lot of exploring and there's a map and they've uh, they've put this system in there where you can when you get to an area where there's say like a chest way like super high that you can't reach yet because you don't have the right ability you can take a screenshot of that screen mm -hmm. and it gets added to your map so then like way down the line like three hours or four hours later when you're like going oh so is there anything else i need to like mop up you can scroll over and you will see a picture of like, hey, here's this chest that's way high that you couldn't reach. And you're like, oh, I can do that now because I've got this ability. Mm -hmm. So it just helps you remember all of the things that, you know, otherwise if it was just a map, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily know that thing was there. So mm -hmm. I'm probably going to get that and give it a go. I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, I just don't know how many hours it's going to take me to like properly 100% it because it is very sprawling. But that's mm -hmm. the only thing. Um, other than that, it looked really fun. 
Ashton, what have you been playing? I've only played two things this week. I have played some more Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Act 3 now, and we are in Baldur's Gate. Congratulations. Thank well you. Done, you um, How is it? Is it good? Credits. It's good. However, mm. um, this is something that I had vaguely read about, but I feel like no one really mentions. The final area, well, not final area, when you're in the city, there's like loads of NPCs around, and it makes it very chuggy sometimes and there's quite the first time i've really encountered like significant bugs has been since we got into the city um like people's faces when they're in like cutscenes, sometimes like all their features will just go and they're like a faceless like oh no you're like oh horrible and then like their chin will like stretch off the screen oh no um (laughs) that sounds great yeah it is kind of funny um but i've been enjoying it we keep kind of I don't know if I mentioned last week, I can't remember, that we we messed up Act 2 and, like, we left one of the characters that you could have in your party behind because we forgot to do, a cha- like, one of the quests and then basically, like, locked it so we couldn't do it anymore. And I keep thinking about it, so mm. I have started a new save. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> um, but I've not actually played much of it yet because we've not finished the first game yet. Um, but I am in my new save. I am a wizard gnome, and she's called Manara, and she is a diviner. And she, I'm just—I don't know what I'm doing with her. I'm overwhelmed by the spells. I'm just trying my best. Um, but I've only played with her for about—I don't know—like three, four hours. So I've got a lot of game to to get on with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I will play it all again, or if I'll get bored, or something else will come out. But for now. I don't really know what I want to play, so I'm just playing Baldur's Gate 3. However, I did also play... um, My boyfriend listened to the podcast from a few weeks ago where I talked about My Sims Agents. (laughs) And he was like, I can get... I could sort that game out for you. So he set up the computer so that I could play My Sims Agents on the Wii nice. um, on my PC. And I played it for a good few hours. And I was like, man, I love this game. And it's got like certain... Um, like sound effects I didn't realize made me so happy. Like there's this one where you got a magnifying glass out and you find like footprints mm-hmm. and it goes like boom, boom, boom as you find them. And I was like, yes, the boom, boom, bombs. Brilliant. <laughs> All the um, serotonin. Yeah, exactly. But that game's great and it doesn't get the love it deserves. Such a good game. And I was going to play it on stream, but I thought, it's a real niche that like only me and maybe like three other people will be excited about. No, you so should do it. I might play it you on stream, it. but yeah, I've been playing some My Sims Agents and it's it's great. It's nice. good stuff. Fantastic. Mm. I played a few things. I played a lot of Minecraft. I've uh, mm-hmm. been focusing on uh, building the super house and the super house is nearly finished, but the roof isn't finished. It's huge. And is this with your friends? No, no, no. Oh. It's with my girlfriend. Oh. Uh, and so the, for the longest time, it was leveling off the top of this hill. So it's this huge flat lot. And then building this house. And then I've been decorating it. I dug like a trench all the way around it and put like a little stream in. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to make it look a little bit like a Japanese garden. So it's got mm-hmm. like a little bridge over it, like a couple of little bridges, lots of reeds and Lovely. flowers. And yeah, I think it looks great. Uh, but I'm sort of running out of things to do. So I feel like the the Minecraft bug may well mm. soon That's run out. That's why we as it played does. it modded because we mm-hmm. pl- tried to play it vanilla for like a little while. But eventually we're like, well, we've built this horrible looking house now because me and Ben are not good at building. Um, and we were like, like good for us now what do we do with the rest of the game but then we played modded and then you end up with like all these quest lines that you can do Mm -hmm. and it's 
kept, keeps me interested for a much longer than just yeah. build house. So. I just need a new project. I feel like yeah. I've had lots of projects. During the, because I played so much over Christmas and New Year, during the, mm-hmm. the course of this project, I think we finished watching like three full television shows from mm-hmm. start to finish during, during the course of this sort of laborious process. But yeah, I, I may well be tiring of Minecraft now, but it was, it was really fun. I've had a great time going back into it. Uh, I played some more Persona 4 Golden with a guide. I have just rescu- uh, rescued uh, Naoto, who, of course, you're both very familiar with. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and continuing just doing that from time to time when I can be arsed. Uh, but I did give Baldur's Gate 3 another try. And I played it by myself. And I've got to say, I am enjoying it more by myself mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm able to focus more on talking to people and actually understanding what the hell's going on. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there is definitely an element of that that's lost when you play in co-op in pretty much any game. As much fun as it is to play in co-op, I just don't feel like I can play my way, Mm -hmm. which is usually wanting to know what's happening and talking to people and trying to do extra stuff. Um, So I've just gone through the the Githyanki crash. I've done that. And uh, I think uh, Lazel slash Lizel, because people call her different names, even in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't really know which one it's meant to be. Uh, I think she wants she wants my character. She wants her. Oh, goodness. So And Karlak does as well. But Karlak's on fire. So that can't happen mm. just yet. So that we'll see what happens there. But I am, I'm still not blown away by it or particularly taken by it to the degree that I would really like to be but I'm definitely enjoying it more as a single player experience yeah. than as a as a multiplayer experience right. so That's I'm going to I'm going to keep trying to chip away at it I don't know that I'm realistically going to finish it but I'm certainly going to play as much of it as I can um while juggling other things until the next big game comes out that I want to focus on mm-hmm. uh, so yeah the Baldur's Gate 3 played some more of that and uh, and I'm liking it Good. it's nice well it's time for question 2 now Comes from Quinn. Hi, BAP. Recent rumors have circulated about Xbox viability in the home console space. Word is they're considering releasing exclusive on, exclusives on other platforms. Do you think this is a good move? In your opinion, what should Microsoft be focusing on in the 2024-25 to stay relevant in the home console market? Thanks, Quinn. Thanks, Thanks, Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, this was a rumor from a couple of weeks ago now about how Xbox might be pivoting more to a third-party approach, how they're open to certain exclusives being Mm -hmm. released on other platforms. And at the time, basically certain outlets were saying, Hi-Fi Rush is coming to Switch Mm -hmm. like any day now. And it hasn't happened uh, (laughs) as yet. No formal announcement. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of rumors and a lot of sources saying the same thing, backing each other up at various outlets. and it is definitely something to you know that's that's worth discussing because Xbox is trailing behind in terms yeah. of of console sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw a quote uh, a, a guy on stage at um, uh, flipping what's it called um, the most recent thing? Yeah, CES. Yeah, CES. I think it, I think it was a CES. I assume it was because it was a clip that came out. I think yesterday or the day before, and he was on stage talking to some other. Was people. this the same place where they announced that uh, car? That could yes, and the yeah. Mar- and the Mario yeah. AI thing. Yeah. Um, so I assume that's where it was. But he was from Microsoft, and he was talking about um, there was there was talk of AI, unfortunately. And he was saying, "Oh yeah, it's exciting seeing what AI is doing elsewhere in Microsoft because you know we think no. that could potentially factor into." Or he didn't say we want to do more AI and games, but it was like, yeah, that's the beauty of Microsoft. It's all one company, really, and we just have different branches and stuff that works in others, such as AI, can be useful elsewhere. Um, but he also said um, 
that you know we're, we're looking at other consoles uh, in terms of releasing our games you know we, we we want to now that we've closed the deal with activision we're in a position where we can start making the things we want to make and pre- you know potentially providing them for many other people and and you know microsoft and xbox being perhaps more of a service across different devices so i think that's like that's that's not a bad move for them uh certainly the fact that they've got game pass maybe it would make more finance i we are not qualified to say uh about business practice but maybe it makes more my more financial sense to if you've got game pass as a model which for a long time, people have said, how can they possibly be making money on this? If you just pivot and focus more on that model uh, than doing hardware at all, perhaps there's a way that you can then start making more money off that uh, by providing it to different, uh, you know, to, to PlayStation and Nintendo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that might be a better business model for them in the in the long term to eventually move away entirely from having their own console and just become the Xbox game service that you can sign up to and it's an app on your PlayStation or on your PC or on your Nintendo uh, console of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's it's definitely a an option for them. I think that that is a great point but i think there's absolutely no way in hell that sony would ever let game pass be on a playstation app i don't think do you think i don't think they would because even even in a in a a post xbox hardware world i i can't see them ever being like yeah put your subscription service on our console when they have their own subscription service that they think rivals Game Pass. Yeah. I don't think it does, but I think that they would be like, well, we don't need Game Pass because we've got PlayStation Plus. It would need to be a very different model. It would need to be different. As a platform holder, PlayStation already sells and wants people to buy games from yeah, them. That so, is true. so Game Pass would have to pretty much just be Xbox exclusive. Yeah, they wouldn't be I able think to for the exclusives, side. I think yeah. that it, it makes sense for them to say, Oh yeah, put that on our on our hardware and you know, we'll mm-hmm. take a cut of sales and stuff. But I can I can understand the point in terms of what we currently call multi-platform games, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I think it would be good for Microsoft to be the first ones to say that they're not going to have any console exclusives because I think that it would maybe encourage other console manufacturers and developers <laughs> Fat chance. Um, to maybe consider doing that as well. I've, I've said it before, especially with like VR games, that if PlayStation... VR specifically was willing to allow some of their exclusives to go to PC. Wonder if that would convince, say, Valve to mm-hmm. let them have some of their their exclusives, like your Half Life Alexes and your Boneworks. You know, these things could could very easily benefit both parties. Um, but in terms of what I think that they need to do in terms of like sticking around for the 2024-25 market. I don't think that Xbox will make another console of the same caliber. I think we might see them pivot to a more Stadia type situation Mm. in terms of here is a little box Mm. that has enough memory on it to download games. It doesn't run games. They are completely streamed from the cloud um, and you can play any of these games on your TV using this little device if you connect it by a HDMI cable. 
I don't know if they will commit to releasing another console. I mean, they still sell a bunch of Series S is the smaller, smaller one. one. Um, because people will use that for, you know, it's cheap and it's able to get most of the games on. doesn't necessarily run all the games particularly well because it's not powerful enough. So I wonder if they'll focus on maybe making the Series S more powerful and becoming the cheaper alternative to console gaming than, you know, your £500 PlayStation 5s. Um, but I wonder if they'll just pack it in making consoles and focus on the thing that they seem to continue to push which is Game Pass. Mm -hmm. We've got a developer direct literally this week. It's happening tonight at time of recording. Well, we have, haven't recording. we? Mm. Um, and we'll see what they're coming out. And I'm sure we'll see lots of coming day one to Game Pass, mm. which is in seemingly entirely their model. So even if they didn't have exclusives, they still have coming day one to Game Pass in their pocket. So, mm. yeah. So yeah. Well, I totally forgot about that uh, developer <laughs> conference thing yeah. that's happening tonight. So we'll we'll talk to you about that next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we've already I don't know if it's it's not a big one. I no, think they've only said about Indiana four. Jones, aren't they? Oh, they are, yeah. And potentially yeah, Hellblade too. Yeah, so um, we might yeah. get a release date for Hellblade. So it may not be too huge, but no. uh, yeah, if if, yeah, never mind. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a sad day when we don't have an Xbox console anymore. But uh, I agree with you, Ashton. I think it's that's probably the way it's going. They are trailing behind the PS5 and obviously massively behind the Switch, which has been on the market a lot longer. Mm -hmm. We'll see what the sequel to the Switch, or how that ends up performing ultimately. Uh, but even so, you know, as, as you said, they're still selling plenty of Xboxes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, they're not being destroyed. They, they still have a healthy market share and they stand to gain even more. But they have been preaching the Game Pass uh, Bible for a good few years now and it's it's obvious whenever phil spencer talks that that is the focus it's always game pass we want to mm -hmm. get more games to more players and you can get game pass apps on various tvs and stuff i do wonder if it's sort of cannibalizing its own market in yeah. a sense yeah. in that they're pitching game pass to you know everyone including the the lay person yeah why would they buy a system dedicated you know, a, a dedicated system, sorry, in order to play the Game Pass games when they have a TV that I already would has the app. I never PC. bother to buy a place an Xbox as long as PC Game Pass exists because there's nothing that I can not get <clears throat> on my PC that is only like, I'm really bothered about that's on console only. There's not that many things. Mm -hmm. I'd never bother to buy an Xbox at this point. I agree. There's no need. It's why I went back on uh, buying an Xbox. I was going to do it in, around Black Friday. Then I was going to do it in January sale time. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, my PC is like starting to, in, in other things, it's starting to like slow down and not be not be as good as it should be. So I'm thinking, oh, well, I need to buy a new PC. I mean... An Xbox is way cheaper than a new PC, but... Well, it is, but... Uh, you can't edit video. You can't. <laughs> exactly. So I need to buy the PC, full yeah. stop, games aside. Uh, and then I was thinking, well, if I have a brand new PC that is like pretty powerful, then I don't need to worry about necessarily Xbox games at mm -hmm. all, either via Game Pass or even just buying one-off games that, because, uh, you know, most Microsoft uh, exclusives now come to PC as well as Xbox. So I thought, what? why do I need to? Yeah. Especially if I'm paying for a new PC, do I then also want to buy a new console, you exactly. know, the expense of it? So yeah, there is probably an argument to yeah. say that they they probably get fewer Xbox sales because of how accessible they've made Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a victory for Game Pass, but po probably a calculated loss for mm. the the console 
aspect of things. Maybe they they actively don't really or they want people to get used to the idea of not having an Xbox console anymore. They want they want people to get used to just playing Game Pass wherever it is that they they can get mm. access to it. Um, and, yeah. you know, there's even if Game Pass doesn't come to PlayStation or Nintendo, which I think will be a real hurdle and that will probably be their, their toughest battle, um, they could still do what was rumored a couple of weeks ago, which is, sure, you know, after an exclusive goes on Game Pass and it's there for a year and people aren't necessarily signing up to play Hi-Fi Rush anymore, why not port it to another platform? Why not mm -hmm. actively sell it and make loads of money back? Because there's, you know, there's this the way that we measure the success of games is is really shifting now with models like Game Pass. It's more about how many people are playing it rather than how many people have bought it. Although obviously, you know, you can still measure how many new people signed up mm -hmm. when like Starfield came yeah. out, for mm -hmm. example. Um, so yeah, like people, I imagine Hi-Fi Rush had probably quite low sales because yeah. everyone's playing it on Game Pass by design. That's the point. So why wouldn't you then just make right. a load yeah. of money from all the people who haven't from yet been able to play? Yeah, on a different platform. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Like it, it, yeah. it really does make total sense to me anyway. Um, in terms of like uh, what they could do to stay relevant like console-wise next year, I don't know. Like they, they release a lot of cool like limited edition consoles that mm -hmm. I'm kind of sad that PlayStation haven't followed suit with. Like some of those Xbox systems look really cool. They do lots of giveaways as well with like the Sonic console and the furry <laughs> controllers and stuff. That's fun. Uh, but outside of that, ultimately all I could think of was a, an Xbox series bundled with like a year of Game Pass. And then that got me thinking, well, if they've just got Game Pass, why don't they just use Game Pass on their TV or whatever? Yeah. Like, why would they need the console? So it all, as I said earlier, it all feels very calculated. Like, it, the problem that Stadia had was that they were come, they went from like cold, like nothing, to immediately like, okay, here's Stadia. Everyone sign up for it now. You can get a little thing and blah blah blah. Whereas Xbox is already at like a brand that everyone recognizes mm -hmm. in loads of like millions and millions of households around the world. It's it's a it's a brand that everybody recognizes. And so what if they were to adopt a similar approach to Stadia, like you guys said, then they're they're in a much better position than Google were. In yeah. that they can the they can slowly phase to that rather than just going, mm. Okay, yeah. here's the future, take it or leave it. And, and they've got no the back catalogue of games as well. Whereas yeah. Stadia, I mean I'm I I can't really remember now off the top of my head, but I'm sure some older stuff was added to Stadia that had, had already been available elsewhere. Mm. But a lot of the Stadia stuff was like, hey, here's some exciting new stuff. And it was like, uh, hmm, yeah, yeah, all right, what is this? The only thing that looked remotely exciting was the quarry, and that came to everything else in the yeah. end, because well, Stadia had imploded by then. Mm -hmm. And I was interested in, obviously, Orcs Must Die 3, yeah. uh, but that was just a time, they even said from the get-go, this is a timed exclusive, and I was like, okay, I will wait. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, Xbox can say, well, hey, you know what's on Game Pass, loads of good stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also think, like, I've not spent the same amount of money as a console yet, but I've had game pass for two and a half years almost three years maybe i think got it in 2020 i'm not sure um but that's like what 10 pound a month for like 36 months so mm -hmm. maybe i've spent about 360 quid yeah. on game pass and i've still not quite spent the same amount as a console but only just mm. and not even the games and not even the yeah. games so you know i don't i still don't always know how beneficial it is to them however i do think you know if i have it for another three years and they don't release another console 
then maybe they are it's an eventual profit that mm. they'll get rather than it's like a consistent profit but yeah. hey who knows who knows even if game pass d doesn't work and if they leave the console space they could still be a mega third-party publisher. Mm -hmm. yeah. They could still make absolute bank on all the properties and the licenses and the studios they own by just being a publisher. Obviously, it would involve massive restructuring, a lot of layoffs, and that would suck. Yeah. Uh, but like they, they still have they have viability. They've they've expanded to a degree that they have viability in many different avenues, uh, which a lot of other platform holders or the other two platform holders probably don't have the luxury of mm -hmm. uh, so we will see but I, I would I would be sad to see the Xbox console go yeah, yeah because the competition is so important yeah and uh, yeah but we'll see we will see what happens it's time to move on to something a little bit uh, odd a bit peculiar perhaps a bit weird it's weird news Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you'd like to send us some weird video game news, you can submit it under the relevant social media post that goes out on a Tuesday. Uh, alternatively, you can go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, sign up at the appropriate tier to support us and uh, get a shout out anyway as a podcast producer. Just like Chip Thompson's Thumbs, G.Y. Goliath, Nexus Polaris, Nicole Hansen, Kyle Geary, Andy Scott, Blake Thomas, Shaman Nomo, Great Giggity, Melody Albonet, Katie Garrett, Gabrielle Phillips. Potato Shack 99 and Eric Sioux. Thank you, podcast producers. You got a weird one, Peter. I've got a weird one. It was submitted by Jonathan Wong on Facebook, who I am giving honorary top fan status, even though Jonathan Wong doesn't actually have top fan status. I could have sworn. What? I could have sworn Jonathan Me too. was a top fan. I was fan. surprised to see it. Maybe Jonathan Wong has lost top fan status. Can you do oh that? I thought you are you not a top fan for life? I don't know. We need to get one of those big total wipeout courses and yeah. make him run it. Who is the toppest fan? Who is the toppest yeah. fanist? Um thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. This is according to PCGamer.com. This gamified AI sex toy mimics MMO mechanics by requiring an eight-week grind. Oh, God. <laughs> now, there's a certain type of sex toy that is actually called a grinder, but really? I don't know oh. if this is it. There's okay. also narcotics paraphernalia called grinders. Yeah, yeah. Also an it's app. It's very different, the They're sex toy. They're all very toy. different. Mm. Uh, this is written by Harvey Randall, published three days ago. No PvP, that's a missed opportunity, it says. Well, hey, uh, uh, MMOs have PvP in them. Yeah. That stands for player versus player. That's the, and that and sex things usually involves sometimes more than one person. Yeah. So that's the joke. CES is all wrapped up. And while AI fatigue has hit our hardware writers, and that's hyperlinked to an article elsewhere on PC Gamer. It just says we're so tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as the term AI has slipped into the realm of buzzword purgatory. Squoodle. Squoodle. I'm about to make things a hell of a lot worse for everybody. As spotted by The Verge, there's now an AI-powered... That's not very nice. Yeah. You can't call him that. <laughs> the Verge. There's now an AI-powered sex toy that aims to treat people with premature ejaculation. That's why it's The Verge. Because of the sex toys. <laughs> yes. Now, obviously, Jonathan Wong submitted this, but I had already read this article in full for medical purposes. Yeah, um, you my own <laughs> uh, 
the MyHixel control comes stuffed with an engaging gamified application and is a whopping £199, approximately $253, which is around £190 more expensive than a World of Warcraft subscription and $47,747 cheaper than that one Star Citizen bundle you need a mortgage for. Right, oh so we're why, why is he comparing it to MMOs? Because he's hyperlinked to other articles. Right, and not other sex toys. Which no, would be it's more an MMO thing, isn't it? So maybe that's why he's referencing... Yeah, but he also wants to hyperlink other yeah. articles on PC Gamer, I think. Click-through rates. Uh, so the price point is gaming accurate by technicality, I guess, he says. You're buying more than just a sex toy, though, says MyHixel. The control is designed to help its users control and prolong their ejaculation time while also improving their overall sexual health hmm. via a grueling eight-week <laughs> gear grind to get your own sexy best in slot. Ooh. What? Ew. Yeah. What? It's a familiar time schedule for anyone who's tried to gear up for endgame raids in an MMORPG. I have not tested the MyHixel to see if the more DOTs guy shows up, more dots guy shows up to shout at you while you're using it. I guess that's a reference to some MMO. Um, what's more, the app has AI and machine learning in it, presumably to deliver a bespoke schedule that reacts to your unwanted any percent my Hixel speed run. Right, I have a question about the sex toy in and yeah. of itself. What does it do? One would assume it is like a flashlight, sure, but maybe moves on its own. Right. Like a slug. Like you can see one end of it in the photo. There might be more photos Oh, okay. So you you would put your thing in that. You can't put your thing in that. That's like oh, I can't see. That's like no, an I think, I think in the other end, probably. It might be open at the other Show end. Show me the what's other it end. Again? <laughs> what's the, it again? Hey, what's it called? I'm going to Google it so I can look, it, look at it. I'm going to add it to my basket. It's by my Hick, oh, the MyHixel, M-Y-H-I-X-E-L, Control. There might be photos control. later in the article. Okay, yeah, it's definitely oh, not shopping. It's <laughs> well, yeah, it's what you would think. Yeah, yeah. It's one, it's one of them. It looks a bit. Right, um, okay. It looks a bit uh, like a dishwasher filter. Yeah, it's not very sexy. No, it's you not. Know, sometimes when you have a sex toy, like you see that of that similar ilk, like it's it's designed to be like. It looks like a vagina. Yeah, the, or something. This one's just the a whole. Photos are. It's just a man relaxing with his sex toy on the sofa. Oh. Slightly next to his. <laughs> just just, 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 just Looking resting at his it phone, on his thigh, just chilling out. Reading PC games. Totally normal behavior. Um, <laughs> the company alleges that the data involved is secure and anonymized. No. Just wait for that. It's going to get scandal. hacked. Yeah, which is somehow disappointing. <laughs> I want this thing to have leaderboards and an active passing community. I don't understand any of this terminology on PC Gamer. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a, there's a photo of someone holding it. Looking at a picture of a that looks like a vase. A doctor. So what Do is there an AI doctor that says this is you <laughs> shouldn't be doing? It's quite a stylish. That is sex a slightly toy. more stylish. Yeah. It's still just a big hole, though. It looks more like a bum hole than a, than anything else. Which hey, if that's where you like to put your your penis, that's fine. <laughs> but you know, as Ashton was saying, sometimes these aren't very glamorous. No. These what I enjoy the most about this news story mm. is that we might have been able to skate by getting the video demonetized but the amount of key words that, that the robots yeah. are picking up yeah, in this true. conversation this was reviewed by a human and they said no that is filth mm -hmm. uh, it, it even advertises there'll be a team of sexperts you can contact in case you're confused by any of the instructions given to you by your new AI companion 
the site demonstrates that with this image, which I'm simply obsessed with, and it's the one where in one hand they're holding the device and in the other hand oh, okay. there's the a doctor, doctor on FaceTime. No amount of money in the world <laughs> would I want to FaceTime with someone who's trying to use their sex toy. It gets help. better. If you want to see what the app looks like, here's a TikTok from CES itself, courtesy of Hardware Zone. It, fra uh, it frames your eight weeks of scheduled use as a space expedition. For example, for your task on the planet Kronos 1, you must identify the muscles that tense during your stimulation with the MyHixel device. You also get a statistics board with your first use and your best slash longest time recorded. For it's, you to it's so sexy, isn't it? It <laughs> really gets you in the so mood. Show, show me those stats. It's for the nerds who love stats. That's what it's for. Yeah. Uh, we now go live to The Verge. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I think that's it, basically. Is it? Yeah. You sure? You don't want to talk more about well, it. Well, he just continues to joke. He's saying, like, I want leaderboards. I want a 40 I want 40 man raids. I want PvP. <laughs> <laughs> I want a battle pass. Get it done, my Hixel. God's sake. Um, hey, there's nothing wrong with needing to use that. No, but no, it, it seems like taking all the fun out of a, the situation. Yeah. It reminds me of like when people are trying to have a baby and they schedule, they need to schedule down to the minute what time they need to have sex yeah. so mm. that they can make sure that they are ovulating. That's what it reminds me of. It's yeah. like, oh, it's 2 p.m. So I've got to take a, I've got to take a 15 minute break from work <laughs> because I need to, to use have sex. my, my Hixel device. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I need so. to make sure I am focusing on which parts of my body tense when I orgasm. Try and beat my record time. Best yeah. of luck to you all out there. But I think I'd want to be quicker. If I saw a time, <laughs> I'd be like, I can beat that. This goes against everything I've learned. Yeah. It's a speed run. Yeah. Any percent. You could do hacks and cheats. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a special exploit where you can go out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> you can trick it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that nice? That I have really some nice. news. As submitted by Johnny Mac 13 on Twitter from Nintendo Life. <gasps> Random. <laughs> Even your TV isn't safe from dodgy Mario clones. Oh. Mamma Mia! It's by Jim Norman. Thanks, Jim. Two first. Names. It's been a huge couple of years for Mario. There was the movie, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, the Mario RPG, and the upcoming Thousand Year Door remakes. An app on the LG TV content store, Super Nintendo... Huh? What? No. An app on the LG TV co content store, Super N Nintendo were... Wait a second. What? An LG app? That doesn't sound very Nintendo-y, does it? That's because it's not. <gasps> yes, we have another dodgy Mario clone on our hands. Exclamation mark, Super Marty, exclamation mark. The shame knows, knows no bounds. It's an auto runner where you can you can control the titular dungarees and red cap wearing hero through a series of platforming levels with inventive names like Green World, Rocky World, Ice World. You can find keys, visit castles, watch uns skippable ads all of that good stuff super marty yeah aside from the name which will be fair which will be fair and cool a little on the nose and the protagonist's design the game also features original idea original ideas like enemy piranha plants and a title font that seems eerily cinema similar to another one that we have seen before mm. if only we could put our finger on it the app's seller, Clebo, has used a lot of big words to describe this one, including an unforgettable adventure, heart-pounding, and perhaps best of all, visually stunning and diverse. We took the game for a spin, because of course we did, and the jittery flame rate, frame rate and looping music were enough to put us off pretty swiftly. Visually stunning and diverse, this is not. 
chance of a, swim, a switch port will go slim to non-existent. That said, with some of the quality that can be found on the eShop these days, anything is possible, we guess. We haven't got an LG TV, have we? We've got a Samsung. No, it's a no, Samsung. I think I've... Do you want to see LG. a picture? Oh, home, this is Super Marty. Oh, wow. That is... Oh, uh, there the he same is. Font he doesn't have a moustache, though. No, he just is just... He's a young boy. Hmm. That's uh, that's the picture. That's the picture on the uh, thing. Super Marty exclamation mark. Hmm. And his Jumping brother on his Lewis. Piranha plants. You can't jump on piranha plants. No. And that's a close-up shot of Super Marty. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Good him. stuff, isn't it? Looks it? like a, a Scribblenauts character. Yeah, it does. It's like if you type in Mario into yeah. Scribblenauts, that's <laughs> what you get. There we are. Weird. Exclamation mm. mark! Super Marty! Exclamation mark! Quick, go and play it now before it before it goes. Before it definitely gets yeah. season desisted. Yes. Yeah. My weird news comes courtesy of Tide Author Dan at Tide Author Dan on Twitter, and this is a news article from Kotaku by Zach Weizen. Speedrunning dog didn't set record at AGDQ 2024. Oh, no. Still good boy. Yeah. On January the 16th, Peanut Butter became the first dog to ever speedrun a game at Awesome Games Done Quick. And while the Shiba Inu gamer didn't set a new record today or beat their previous best, Peanut Butter, Peanut Butter is still a very good boy who deserves all the pets and treats. Quite a stressful experience for a dog, yeah. I think, being in a conference hall. I forgot hall. to watch this. It wasn't in a conference hall. Oh, was it just at home? I think it might have been at home. I'll, I'll, I'll play it in a second while I have a look. Okay. Last year, Peanut Butter's PB, sorry, PB's owner announced that he would be the first dog to speedrun at the annual AGDQ charity event, which brings together speedrunners from around the world to set records and live stream games in an effort to raise millions of dollars for various charities, including Doctors Without Borders and the Prevent Cancer Foundation. That's a long sentence, Zach. Mm -hmm. uh, PB's game of choice is the Nintendo Entertainment System launch game Gyromite a strange puzzle action game released in 1985. It infamously used a robot accessory that helped play the game, but PB takes the place of the robot during his runs using a custom controller with big buttons and getting support from his owner as needed. Should we have a look? Uh, what AGDQ have been on? I'll have to see what Oh, it's uh, just, I think, in his house. Yeah, I think he's doing it in his house. So there's there's peanut butter. I don't know if I can zoom. Can I zoom? He was he was stressed by the, uh, the situation. He knew he had to... There's a lot of pressure on yeah. him. Yeah. Well, he was yeah, getting new PBPB. There he is. Pressing Aww. his Does it really do it though, or does his owner just like put a treat on the right one at the time? I don't know, it's hard to say. I don't know if he puts a treat on or if he just maybe tells him. Because if there's only like three buttons and you teach the dog left foot, right foot, left foot. Yeah. Yeah, wow, I wouldn't want to speedrun that game. It looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, it can it continues on about the fact Maybe that he didn't... Maybe that's why he didn't want to do He was like, I'm not going to be my personal best. I'm going to stop doing it because I hate this game. Yeah. He's PB... like, I want to play Elden Ring. And yeah, West Time, a dog, a dog plays Elden Ring. Yeah. Everyone else has done it with everything else. Uh, PB wasn't able to beat his previous record, coming up just short at 26 minutes and 24 seconds. He still holds the record for the fastest dog to ever complete Gyromite's B game, it says. He's also currently the only dog to hold that record on speedrun.com. Mm. And he's not far off the best game B record set by a human, which is 24 minutes and 39 <laughs> wow. seconds. So maybe it's quite a simple one. Imagine but, being know, the guy who dog. eventually gets beaten by the dog. <laughs> it would be an honour. It would be an honour, but I'd be like, this guy doesn't even have thumbs. What a clown. What a clown. Yeah. Anyway, that's my weird news. It's time, everybody, for the big discussion. Mm. 
It's big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Liam Carpenter-Robson, who says, Hey Bap, an executive of Ubisoft has this week said, paraphrasing, gamers need to get comfortable with the idea of not owning games. Couple this with the news that game won't accept trading of physical games soon. I don't know if that was actually confirmed, but I saw that it was rumoured. I saw it reported, yeah. It feels like the, ind- and game is a UK retailer for people who don't know, yeah. it feels like the industry is heading to a digital-only format. My question is, is this something we are going to just have to accept and get comfortable with. Do you have the full quote? I do. Because I think this has been slightly... It's taken out of context. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been taken out of context. So here we are. Uh, This is from IGN and Wesley Yin Paul. An executive at Assassin's Creed maker Ubisoft has said gamers will need to get comfortable... Sorry, Peter. An executive at Beyond Good and Evil maker Ubisoft... Oh, that's them. um, (laughs) ...has said gamers will need to get comfortable not owning their games before video game subscriptions truly take off. Speaking to discuss the launch of Ubisoft's new Ubisoft Plus Premium and Ubisoft Plus Classics subscriptions... No... I'm not doing that. Philippe Tremblay, director of subscriptions at Ubisoft, explained to GI.biz what needs to happen before subscription services become a more significant slice of the video game business. I don't have a crystal Simon Miller. I don't have a crystal ball. But when you look at the different subscription services that are out there, we've had a rapid expansion over the last couple of years. But it's still relatively small compared to the other models, Tremblay said. One of the things we saw is that gamers are used to a little bit like DVD having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a trans- transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. As gamers grow comfortable in that aspect, you don't lose your progress. If you resume your game at another time, your progress file is still there. That's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game, so it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. I still have two boxes of DVDs. I definitely understand the gamer's perspective with that. But as people embrace that model, they will see that these games will exist, the service will continue, and you'll be able to access them when you feel like. That's reassuring. Streaming is also a thing that works really well with subscription. You, uh, so you pay when you need it, as opposed to paying all the time. It's fair to say Tremblay's comments haven't gone down well with some gamers who prefer to buy their video games on disc as opposed to downloading them or streaming them, but it's worth pointing out that Ubisoft, like many other video game publishers, does still release its games on physical disc. While digital sales have grown as a portion of overall sales over the years, a significant portion of players still prefer to own their games. Tremblay's comments also bring up the issue of video game preservation. As more games go down the digital route or rely upon an internet connection to work, so does the risk that these games are lost to time when their servers are shut down. So he's not talking about... He's talking about subscription services. He's not talking about, hey, stop owning your games. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just get them digitally and we can take them away whenever we want. He's he's literally talking about it within the confines of a Game Pass, for example. Yeah. Well, and you know, it... it you said there in your in that write-up that oh the comments haven't gone down well with gamers i'll tell you what's not gone down well with gamers is the headlines that have quoted yeah. the quote that you know that we've got from liam as well not to i'm not pointing that pointing that on liam i'm saying liam is forwarding on the headline that has been put out by all these outlets which is gamers need to get comfortable with the idea of not owning games that sounds like someone you know occasionally you get like statements from people and they sound like pissed off with the gamers mm-hmm. yeah um like uh that guy uh that diablo developer who was like do you, do you guys not own phones and it's like yeah. that's not a good look no and it sounds like someone from ubisoft has put a statement out saying just massively out of touch these bloody gamers they need to get comfortable so with entitled idea. about what you pay for your game and you think you own it yeah Nuh-uh. you need to get comfortable with the idea of paying for games and then we can take them away 
any time. Mm-hmm. He's not instructing you to get comfortable with it or insisting that you do. He was asked how what wh- what needs to happen for people to accept the idea of digital games, and he mm-hmm. says, well. What needs to happen is people would need to get comfortable comfortable with the idea. That's yeah. how these things are going to, you know, move forward and how we have a change from physical to digital. As, you know, he points out the example of music. So few people now own physical music. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you might own, like, LPs and stuff for the kind of aesthetic value. Um, but people don't tend to own CDs anymore. Um And uh, the same, you know, it's it's very much happening with, with film and TV as well. Um, so I don't think it's an unfair statement for him to have made, um, but I still personally don't want to end up in a world where we are in a digital only mm-hmm. um, uh, industry. You know, I'm I'm hoping that the or I'd like to think there'll always be an option to to buy a lovely physical copy to put on my shelf, but you know. That's not the case anymore with CDs, for example. Yeah, you can still buy like records because there is a slightly different kind of industry there, but or a slightly different market. But um, you know, maybe in a in a generation or two, they just mm. won't be selling them anymore. I think it depends on the reason you're buying a physical copy. Yeah, like if does. you want a physical yeah. copy because you want to have the game forever in terms of being able to play it then I hate to break it to you, but you're probably not going to be able to play it even if you have a physical copy of the game, given how much content still is downloaded from the internet once you put your your game disc in. Mm. Um, however, if you're buying it because you want to have a game that you can preserve and display and, you know, have those physical versions for the future outside of just wanting to play the game then i think owning a physical copy makes sense and i'm not saying this because i want physical copies to go because i i like having a physical copy as much as the next person but i think we have to be realistic and understand that unfortunately the discs that we are getting no longer hold the entire game because there just simply isn't the room for it that information on most of these discs which is why you plug the game in and then it installs and then you spend another half an hour downloading more content that goes in the game to make the game work and then obviously on top of that any additional day one patches or any additional content from then on is is massive in making these games playable i would like there to be a resurgence of physical games i think that it it is interesting of game not to be accepting not like returns but trade-ins of physical games anymore i think potentially that's their business model is struggling more so than yeah i agree a physical copy situation i I just don't get it because that's like one of the things people go to game for. well i don't know if people I mean, people do. People don't go to game. I think anyway. it's the people don't go to game. Yeah. I think that's the problem. It's I think if they're going to trade it in, they might just go to like a CEX. I was going to yeah. say, I, I would go to CEX first. I think it's better value. I didn't know. even realize the game did it. I think I'd forgotten no, really. completely. That, I can't I just remember had the last a... time I went to a game, let alone no. trade No. Yeah. Every time I go into a game, like there's nothing really of value. Everything's I full think. price. Yeah, everything's full price. And even the games that you see, like people trade in, yeah. I never see any or out on the shelves mm. like pre-owned or stuff. Like if you go to CX, everything's cheap because it was pre-owned. Whereas in a game, everything's brand new. And so most people don't want to pay for a £70 game. You want a um, Pikachu plushie though. That's the game attack. Game now yeah. is mostly what they seem to be selling. Yeah. It feels like. But yeah, I think that I would like it to be 
I'd like physical media to carry on, but I think unfortunately we are entering an era where physical media is going to die out. And I think unfortunately that's going to affect lots of other facets of society outside of just video games. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I... I, I do believe that he has been taken wildly out of context here because mm-hmm. everything he's saying is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't really want to own movies anymore. People don't want to own music anymore because it's more convenient to stream it. Uh, obviously, there's there's a big boogeyman in terms of digital games, which is that what if licenses get revoked? What if yeah. servers get turned off? What if storefronts get taken down or well, games there... licenses expired and games delisted and yeah. so on? Wasn't there an article a little while ago? I think it was over the Christmas period where a developer or someone had said that they have the ability to completely remove your access to a game. I can't remember what game it was, but I want to say it was Jedi Survivor, but that might not be correct. Mm. In that someone said like, well, technically, Sony could just turn around and just take that game off the system. Yeah, and then it's you, all in the, you never got it. All in the terms. I think it, yeah. With films, didn't it? Yeah, with some old movies. TV shows yeah. and stuff yeah. that people had back from was, the PS3 yeah. days. That Yeah, they these companies can do that. And mm. I think that's what people don't like. You know, the stuff yeah. that you have paid money for you could lose access to. Mm. And that's being, you're right, it's it's outlets that have intentionally done it. That's being conflated with what he's talking about, which is totally different, which is Game Pass style subscription services. And as you said, Peter, asked, what do you need to do to get more people comfortable with gaming subscription services? Well, get people not wanting to own their, you know, more comfortable with not owning their games anymore. Mm. And they'd stream it like they would an episode of Friends on Netflix, like, yeah, that's that's the answer, but it's been taken out of context here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I much prefer to have like a big shelf full of physical games. You go to supermarkets now; they don't sell physical games anymore. Digital sales are increasingly taking up more and more of, or making up more and more of sales. Uh, game Pass, as we spoke about earlier, I imagine cannibalizing a great deal of Xbox's first-party sales by design, because mm. you know why would you why would you sell those? Why would you buy them if you mm-hmm. could just get it on the subscription service? Um, Alan Wake Two last year was the was w- one of the latest in like a a big ish game uh, to be digital exclusively and not mm. have a physical version and that trend is only going to continue. Uh, that's sad, and I will also would like to see a resurgence of physical games because that would be really lovely. I do often buy games digitally because it's more convenient. Mm-hmm. It is so much more convenient yeah. just to have it there. Any like you log into any console at a friend's house or whatever, and you can download your games. Well, and especially both... something that you're not like you know going crazy for. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I would definitely buy hard copies of something that I'm really excited for. I'm getting a special edition of the of Rebirth for example. Yeah, yeah so. but like we Prince both of Persia, I'm just gonna yeah. share like our versions of games with other people yeah. because it's convenient. I If I buy a game on my console, me and my boyfriend can both play it at the same time on different consoles if we so wish. Mm-hmm. It's convenient and it saves me money. Yeah. Um, and I split the cost with my friends. Yeah, we exactly. just go halves on games. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, there are so many benefits. Um, so yeah, it, my question is, is this something we're just going to have to accept and get comfortable with? I mean, as far as subscriptions go, which is like what he's talking about, I'd be totally fine with that. You know, mm-hmm. like if uh, fortunately I don't have to subscribe to Game Pass because my partner does. So I just use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if 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 I if there were a similar thing presented in similar value on PlayStation, for example, or like a new one that I would get a lot of value out of, I'd probably sign up for that and not buy any 
not buy any games for a while. If all the games I wanted were going on there, why why wouldn't I? I think that I am jaded by a subscription service at the moment because I feel like everyone has a subscription service. Yeah. And it's like very much like the issue with um, you know, TV and film in that realistically, if you pay for every streaming service that is available, like you know, your Disney Pluses, your Netflix, Prime, Paramount, Hulu. If you pay for everything, you're paying like well over like a hundred pounds a month minimum. Like if you pay for everything. And I think if everyone is going to have their own subscription service and then keep their games on their subscription service, a bit like the Xbox exclusive situation, then everyone is going to end up paying way more than they would if they just bought the game. And maybe that is what needs to happen. It needs to go back to, well, you can buy all of these subscription services. They'll cost you a buttload of money. Or you can go and buy this £70 game that you want to play rather than subscribe to our service. I just think that subscription services are becoming the norm. And I don't like how much, how many people expect you to pay for their service. Mm -hmm. Is the one thing... uh where I so part of me wouldn't care if just one giant mega corporation mm. bought loads and loads right. of licenses because then I could just sign up for my Game. Amazon Pass or yeah. you know whatever mm. it is. Yeah, well, I mean games or or, or visual media as well, mm. like uh, you know, and just be able to watch any TV show or movie because the big Walt Disney man owns everything or something. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are many issues with yeah. that, that model. Um, but that will be one plus side to it is, yeah, just having all of these different services um, for film and TV and potentially going to be, will be in that same position with games. Mm. It's uh, it's concerning. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think we'll be in the same position as games. I totally agree in terms of like TV and film. It's absurd. Yeah. It's so stupid. Um, but like games, you've got Game Pass, which is realistically only available on one console. I know you can get it on other apps. You've got PlayStation Plus Extra slash Premium, mm-hmm. which again is only available on one thing. Uh, I don't know where bloody Ubisoft are getting off with their two new subscription yeah. services here. Yeah. Who's signing up for those? Don't EA I have, have no one idea. As well? EA have one, but it's rolled into Game Pass, yeah. and then I think it's also gold. on That's PlayStation. The, thing, the ones too. that like are in in Game Pass. I that, don't mind that. that. Makes the difference no. because that. I mean, that is in a way like having one company own. Yeah, most and they'll of be the able services. to negotiate their own special prices yeah. for that and yeah. stuff, and yeah. that you know whatever. But like, what the hell is Ubisoft going to offer me? For these, ga- for these, you well, classics. Prince of Persia early, I think, by like right. three days. <gasps> and in classics, you'll just see all these amazing old games that you're like, why are you not doing any yeah. of these anymore? Yeah, yeah. I just don't... rubbing salt in the wound. Anyway, that yeah. that that's by the by. The, the The future of gaming is digital. Like that, that is the way it's going. Uh, hopefully, more places will still, you know, or or places in the future will still offer physical for people who want physical. But you know, would. Big manufacturers have already been experimenting with consoles with no disk drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, streaming games is becoming more and more viable as infrastructure improves and their services improve. And so, unfortunately, that is where it's going. The work of preservationists is is increasingly important. You know, lots of people reverse engineering MMOs now to, to keep them alive for people to experience and yeah. be able to look at and poke around in. Um, and then there's also... Limited run games make physical copies of of games that otherwise wouldn't have one, which mm-hmm. is which is nice mm-hmm. as well. But obviously, those are a bit more premium and far more limited. Uh, so it's a shame. Preservation is the one thing I was going to say as well. Is uh, you know, as you mentioned, Ashton, part of the reason uh, physical 
media doesn't necessarily solve the preservation issue is because you put the disk in uh, and if the servers aren't live, you can't download the day one patch or mm. whatever. Um, and so that that's why I, you know, you, you guys say you'd like to see a resurgence in physical media. I would too, but equally, uh, the main reason, although there's one or two games that I buy to have on my shelf, really the reason that I would buy physical is because I want to have something that will always work yeah. and I can just use that. And that is becoming less and less uh, of a thing nowadays. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that needs to to have a, a, a hopefully a, a more dedicated uh, or more people being added to the already dedicated community of game preservation. Mm -hmm. um, because there are some people out there doing great work, but I think we need even more people. We need an army of clever folks who can try and preserve, preserve these things. Yeah, it already exists. People are already like this, but we'll probably see a massive rise in, or, you know, people will become much better at identifying which builds of games yeah. are available on which disc in terms of when it was yeah. printed. Mm -hmm. So, oh, this is the... This is the third or fourth print of God of War Ragnarok. This came out like six months after launch. So there's a very stable build on mm -hmm. here. Yeah. You know, this won't need patches and so on. But um, yeah, it, taking out of context, this guy, I think, mm. a bit unfairly. I, yeah. hope he, I hope he's not received any vitriol online. I'm mm. sure he has, though. Yeah, he no, why would he? People are so nice. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. There's a few places around the internet that you can find us as we now go to the outro, as mm. it says here on The Running Order. Peter, where can people go? Uh, you can go to Team Triple Jump, both on YouTube and Twitch. All of our videos go out on YouTube, and almost all of our streams happen over on Twitch. Um, and if you've got Amazon Prime, talking of mega corporations, you are paying already for a Twitch sub, and you might not be using it. So you can go to your Amazon Prime and spend that extra thing on us no extra cost to you um, and it's a little special wonderful bonus mm. twitter facebook instagram tiktok on all of which we are at team triple jump and of course patreon.com forward slash team triple jump if you'd like to support us triple jump is our website it's where you can find links to everything that we do and why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice it helps something to do with al gore's rhythms and we'd really appreciate it thank you so much for listening and watching everybody just enough time to hear about this week's sponsor once again it is of course prince of persian cats the cost down on sale now the cost down the cost down <laughs> the cost question mark down down, down. yeah Catch you next time, everyone. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.